Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Last Life Podcast. This is my weekly gaming podcast where we use this one life to explore amazing worlds and discuss all things video games related. Tune in every week for new episodes and to support this show, please subscribe, comment and rate this podcast on your podcast platform of choice. You can email me any questions at amandamangames at gmail.com. That's amandamangames at gmail.com. All the various social media links will also be in the description. So I know I was away for a week. I wanted to take a break just from posting stuff in general. So I don't really post anything on Instagram. Like I didn't post anything on YouTube. And of course, I didn't do this podcast either last week. But of course, I'm back. I'm refreshed. Sometimes I feel like I want to take a break here and there just because there's stuff happening in the gaming industry, in the gaming world. But there was just nothing that was like, I could kind of grasp onto and talk about. So I'm like, you know what? Like why force myself to kind of talk about just random stuff or stuff that you might not be interested in. Sometimes it's better to just wait a week. Plus I am also moving once again. I know I moved last time, like last year, exactly around this time. Uh, and this year I'm moving again. Uh, unfortunately, not again, not because of my own choice. It's just because, uh, you know, like landlords and all that stuff here and there, whatever you want, you want to call it. But I will be moving uh, or later on this week. So because of that, I just wanted to like kind of take some time last week just to get get everything sorted, you know, get boxes, all that stuff. I don't like it's not it's not fun moving, you know, because you have everything sorted everywhere. You know where everything is. Even for me, like when I moved into this current place, it was like a whole hassle of getting everything here, putting everything the way I wanted. Everyone like was everything was set up. Every, everything looks great. Everything is in where in, in the place where it's supposed to be. And now it's like, all right, now, you know, let's rip everything apart. Let's do it all over again. So it's just kind of like, you know, once you kind of feel like you're settled in a place, it is kind of frustrating. But look, this is life. This is what happens. You just have to adapt and go along with it. And that's what I'm going to be doing. Hopefully next, uh, this following, this coming Saturday, when I do move, hopefully it should be a smooth transition. Uh, I bought a, I bought a couple, couple of new like furniture things. Like I like doing that when I'm moving into a new place, get, get some get like new things from Ikea, you know, to make this, make the whole area look a little bit newer. So I'm kind of excited to see how that turns out, but we'll see. I'll give you, I'll give everyone an update on Saturday if you want the update. So we'll, we'll actually jump in. I know this was kind of big. It just kind of came out last week or yeah, like later last week, I believe that Call of Duty Vanguard has officially been revealed. It's a new Call of Duty game. It's coming out in November. I believe it was kind of revealed through Warzone, which is not surprising, but it's coming out in early November, November 5th, I believe. And it is going to be set in World War II, in the World War II setting again, kind of, I think Sledgehammer is taking the lead on this. And the last time they took the lead on this, on, on Call of Duty was with World War II, which is, it was literally called Call of Duty World War II. And like, yeah, like they just gave us like a cinematic trailer and everything like that. I think there's an alpha this week for PlayStation owners which I will definitely try. I'll, I'll try to see if I can get into that and see how the game plays. But I think the main thing that I want to kind of discuss was Call of Duty Vanguard will sell well, but Battlefield and Halo Infinite will make a huge dent or huge dents in a way. I, I think that Call of Duty Vanguard, when I saw it, I just felt like, like what, this just feels like a mess. I don't know why, because I mean, it's just Call of Duty and it's not that like, you know, like World War II as a setting when it comes to shooter games are quite popular, but the last game to do that was 
Battlefield and Battlefield 5 unfortunately didn't do I mean there there were other issues with that game but in general it was just not a game that people grasped onto for a long period of time they had some fun initially they had a great time you know for the first couple of months or so but then after that you know you just you just automatically go towards modern shooters and that's not to say that you know a lot of people don't enjoy those era of of video games and whatnot but it's just i'm just looking at it in terms of right now right now you know battlefield came out with battlefield 2042 it was this futuristic thing had all this revolution thing what do you want to call it right like tornadoes going through uh it's kind of going back to battlefield 4 and that kind of a thing and then people are kind of getting excited for it even though i don't agree with the whole price price structure whatever uh, but that's beside the fact on top of that we have a game called Splitgate, which is a, a free game a free-to-play game uh, which is kind of in its beta but it's a free-to-play game that's doing really well and again it's a modern shooter which is kind of you know using halo as a baseline and then putting portals again like a modern i, I shouldn't say modern, more like futuristic shooter right but you get what i'm saying and then we have halo infinite coming out this year you know with uh, again a multiplayer that is free to play you know, not even charging you like same as Splitgate. Like the fact that Halo is on the same level as Splitgate in terms of price, it's crazy. But Halo Infinite is coming out with their multiplayer and that's free to play. And like for me, that again, on, on top of that, the campaign is also just with Game Pass. You can buy it, but you can just get it free with Game Pass. And I think that's what is, I'm just thinking in my brain that obviously Activision and stuff with everything that's happening within that company and even with the game itself, they probably were just like, it's, it's too late to turn back. Because maybe in their mind they're saying that yeah this is like the perfect way for us to differentiate ourselves from everyone else but around that time around october november when all these games seem to be coming out that's kind of the time when a lot of people even if you i always kind of bring this up because i, I, I sometimes people kind of talk about um games fighting for your money but nowadays games are fighting for your time and because they want you to be invested in that world they want you to be they want you to come back and spend more money in that world so you know like even if you are someone, even if there are a lot of gamers that love first-person shooting games and are more than happy to spend all the money they can, you know, pay for Call of Duty, pay for Battlefield, uh, pay for the campaign and for Halo, pay for Splitgate somehow, you know, even if everyone's ready to kind of pay for everything, there's still just one individual who has 24 hours in a day, like they're, they're still limited by time. And because of that, I feel like Call of Duty is going to be the game that will still sell a lot just because it is Call of Duty. At the end of the day, it's still going to sell a lot. It just had that wide appeal. But I think in terms of long-standing appeal, a game that has long legs is going to be games like Halo Infinite and Splitgate. That way, even Battlefield 2042, I think, is going to do great in a way. But I still don't think, like, when you have full-fledged multiplayer games coming out for free, and it's not even like it's like a random game. It's Halo, right? The Halo arguably the game that started the whole, I mean, other than Counter-Strike, but like it was kind of the thing that started the whole FPS thing on consoles, right? Especially playing online. I just don't see how then a year from now or 10 months from now or whenever, yeah, just any time from now, like I just don't see why we'll see a huge, a bigger bracket playing on Call of Duty versus something like Halo Infinite. Because, I mean, like, let's look at Warzone, right? I'm talking about Call of Duty multiplayer. I'm not talking about Warzone. I'm talking about Call of Duty core multiplayer, right? I'm, I'm, I'm just looking at it in terms of 10 months out, out from now or a year from now. I just feel that there will be more people playing Halo Infinite. Of course, like Warzone, yeah. Like, I feel like Warzone will still do amazing. Warzone will still get those numbers. 
but that core multiplayer game is just something that I feel like is slowly kind of going away. Like Call of Duty is losing that crowd like slowly, slowly, just because there's so much competition. And I just don't I, like the way they're like they're doing so well with Warzone. I just don't see why they don't make multiplayer its own separate thing, a free to play thing, and just keep monetizing through that. And then their campaign thing can be like a twenty thirty dollar thing here and there. You know, same with zombies. Like there's just so many better ways to approach this now. But I'm sure like they must have done this. If I'm talking about, I'm sure they must have thought about all of this already. So it's not like they're all they're like not crunching these numbers as well. But I, I do think that this is kind of the year. This is the year that Call of Duty, when you see the numbers, they will still do well, but they won't do as well as they did last year or the year before. And this is a year when you'll see Battlefield 2042 get close to Call of Duty numbers. I don't think they'll hit those numbers, but if Call of Duty is selling 10 million in like a couple of months, I think Battlefield 2042 will get to like five or six million. I'm not like, I'm, don't quote me on that or like, you know, anything like that. But like, we'll definitely like look back onto this at some point. But I do think that Battlefield 2042 will reach that point. On the other hand, I feel like Halo Infinite is going to be like Fortnite. Like, I'm, I don't know if it's going to be on the level of Fortnite, but I, I won't be surprised if that's a game that hits, like there's like six million Xbox Series X slash S owners. So even if you take half of that, like 3 million, plus I feel like that, like the, obviously we have the huge uh, player base on Xbox One that might still be using that. Again, we, I don't know how many of them are still on there, right? But let's just assume that we're, there, there's still like 50 million Xbox One owners out there. So even from that, I feel like around 10 to 20 million there will be more than happy to jump on Halo Infinite free to play. And of course, it's also coming out on PC. Like I just, I just see this being as like, a 10, 15, 20, kind of like Splitgate, just kind of slowly, slowly just bumping up and getting to like 10, 20, 30 million player base like instantly. So like I am I have really high hope for Halo Infinite. I'm kind of glad they're taking this approach, a very, um, you know, consumer friendly approach of making sure that, hey, you know what? This multiplayer stuff is free to play, but the campaign, this is the stuff that obviously we're going to spend more time on and everything like that. This is where, this is what costs money unless you have Game Pass, of course. And I feel like a lot of multiplayer games should do this especially because they don't just give you the multiplayer game it's always about monetizing right it's never about here's the multiplayer experience and that's it it's here's the multiplayer experience and now there's a season now there's this now you gotta buy this cosmetic you gotta buy that you gotta buy that it's like they always find ways to monetize all that so it's like okay then why are you charging me to just go in just let me play the game and i'll i'll, I'll spend the money you know because i got a game for free so when I spend enough time in that game, I will feel like depending on what's given to me, I'll feel the need to be like, you know what? Let me let me put some money in. I didn't buy this game, right? Might as well jump in. So I'll I'll leave that I'll leave that topic there. But let me know. Let me know what you think. If you feel that Battlefield or Halo, uh, if what, what how will they do this year at the end of the year? Do you think Call of Duty is still gonna be at the top, or do you think you know Battlefield will actually be number one this year and Halo Infinite will just kind of do its Fortnite kind of a thing? So next topic I want to talk about or the next thing uh, is is Deathloop going to be on Game Pass on PC? Because this is something that is, I'm just not, I'm just not able to find the answers for. And I'm really confused because Deathloop, if you like is, first of all, Deathloop is a game by Arcane Studios, which is a game, which is a studio owned by Bethesda. And um, Deathloop is essentially a roguelike-ish sort of game where essentially you are a person going into this world. You're kind of stuck in this time loop where you're going through this world and you have to kill certain amount of, uh, let's just call them bosses, like just certain enemies or whatever you want to call them. And, and, and in order to kind of like, you know, get your resolution. I mean, that's kind of like that, the whole thing. We don't obviously know the entire premise in a way, at least I 
myself haven't looked too much into it but that's the idea at the same time whilst you're in that world there's also another person who is kind of similar like similar to you who's kind of stuck in a time loop who is hunting you obviously we don't know the whole story there exactly like what's happening and the idea is that you can play that multiplayer like one the person hunting you can be an actual human being or you can be you can just play the game single player great right you have like both options it seems like a cool idea we'll see how it pans out so obviously this was announced a while back and then Bethesda got purchased by Microsoft and Microsoft said that yeah no Deathloop is still going to be a console exclusive on on uh, PlayStation and I think it's a console exclusive for like a year or so I believe and then on top of that it like literally you can look this up online it says coming out on PlayStation in September and on PC in September so for me I keep thinking that PC is not like it's not like a Sony control brand platform whatever it is right it's not like sony is saying you can release it on pc but only here like they don't they don't have that control they are, the sony only got the console exclusivity from bethesda or from uh yeah from bethesda so i'm thinking in my brain that wait is microsoft just waiting to just kind of all of a sudden because no one's asking this question and i just don't get why how are like everyone's just going with the idea because xbox has game pass on pc and Xbox releases Game Pass on PC exclusives all the time. So I'm just like a little confused as to what the story is here. If somehow Sony has blocked it from going onto the Xbox on PC, is it because of the brand name Xbox that they're able to kind of get away with that and say that no, like even though it's on PC, it's on Xbox, which is not allowed on the contract. I don't think, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like that's such a specific thing that Microsoft would have found a loophole but I'm kind of curious. I'm I'm waiting because I I'm interested in this game, like sort of. But you know, I would definitely be interested if it's on Game Pass, especially if it's on Game Pass on PC. And I'm just kind of holding out. I'm just holding out until like September. I'm like, wait, are they gonna just announce this on the blog post randomly one day, and it's gonna take all the steam away from PlayStation? Or do they have a deal or something where PlayStation has like some marketing thing where they want people to buy this game on the PlayStation? And Microsoft is just waiting until the game's launch. And then they'll be like, oh, by the way, it's on Game Pass on PC. So that at that point, if there are any PlayStation owners, they would have already purchased a game on PlayStation kind of so that they kind of meet, that, meet those contract requirements, I guess. And then, you know, just kind of letting everyone know that, yeah, like this game is on PC. And since it is our game, it is going to be on Game Pass on PC. I'm just curious. I'm just, I do wish like someone would, find me these answers or someone would ask these questions I'm, I'm really confused as to why they're not but i'm sure there must be a good reason as to you know I'm, I'm sure people must have looked into this and and found that no like that that's actually the case that yeah like it's not going to come out on game pass on pc it's going to be an exclusive to sony and pc platforms for purchasing not game pass uh for a whole year and then you know kind of go back go into game pass or something so let's see we'll find out the answer to this really really soon i was just kind of curious about this and yeah, like, let me know if you're, if you're actually interested in this game. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about is why I think or why I feel Steam Deck might become the next big thing. So we've already kind of seen this with the Switch. And, you know, I feel like that's the easy kind of a thing to go to that. Oh, yeah, it's just a PC version of the Switch. And I, that's, of course, like that's one part of it. A lot of people enjoy having their console on the go, even though a lot of us are stuck at home. So there's not a lot of places to go, but it's, it is a, a, a thing with, when it comes to convenience, right? That that factor is very, very important to a lot of people. I think there's a couple of things that I think make it in line with the Switch that a lot of people aren't considering. 
One thing is the form factor, right? Not everyone has the space, first of all, to be able to house a monolith like the Xbox Series X or the PlayStation 5. I mean, PS5, PS5 more than Xbox, to be honest. I mean, that thing is an eyesore and I have no idea why that was chosen, but it is huge. And it's, it's like, even in my case, like right now, it's a pain to just kind of figure out where to place it. Like that's one thing with the Switch, that's great that it's like there's like a tiny dock. You place your thing in the dock or you can just take it out. You can put the Switch somewhere else. You can put it in your closet, wherever you want. And that convenience obviously goes a long way for a lot of people, especially a lot of people that like having a sleek, modern look to their to the living rooms, right? Like the Xbox and the PS5 kind of do take away from that. They look, uh, Xbox kind of hides a little bit better, but the PS5 looks like a toy. It like definitely just looks like a toy. It doesn't look too sleek in, that, in my opinion that way. So that's like one factor. The other factor is that Nintendo Switch was a console that was able to convince a lot of people that aren't necessarily gamers or maybe were gamers and stopped or maybe were people that were interested in gaming but they just didn't want to get into it, thought it was too much of an investment. Nintendo Switch was the one that kind of bridged that gap and got a lot of people on board and got a lot of people interested in games like Zelda, like Mario, like WarioWare, like Metroid, and like all these people that had never really played video games or played games like just barely are now in, now part of the system where people are buying games like crazy and they like they're excited for the new Metroid, they're excited for a new Mario Kart if that ever comes out, Super Smash Bros. You know, like it just became that console, kind of like the Wii that breaks that gap. And Nintendo does such a good job with that. And I feel that's gonna be the same thing that's gonna happen with the Steam Deck, because Steam Deck will be the bridge between a lot of people that are gamers and non-gamers that always wanted to get into PC gaming. But PC gaming, every time you just mention that, it's like with this weird elite aura, which it shouldn't have, but like it's like this elite aura of like, oh, you need to build your PC, you need to have this, you need to have your driver set, you have that, you need to like customize this, do that, mods, all that stuff. And it just makes it too daunting where a lot of people like the Nintendo Switch or like the PlayStation or Xbox just want to be able to put their game in and start playing. And Steam Deck allows that. Steam Deck obviously allows, first of all, allows you first of all kind of use it as a, as a PC in a way, but it also allows you to be able to play PC games handheld, first of all. And I think, I think Valve has also confirmed that they will have a dock for your, for your TV. So it's not like this is just like only meant for handheld, but it's, it is kind of going the same switch route, except now you're able to access so many, so many PC games. Like there, there are just so many games on Steam itself, right? If you add Epic Games Store, if you add GOG, and like uh, Valve has already kind of talked about it, there's going to be an open source, open end system where you, you know you can have everything from Game Pass to to Epic Games, all that stuff. So all those like cool things that you saw on the PC in a way, and you're like, no, I just have my consoles, no, I just have my MacBook, and I can't really play too many video games or and, and whatnot. You know, all all of a sudden you have all these games accessible to you, and for a relatively like reasonable price, right? You're paying for like a PC which is handheld. And it's going to have all these games accessible. So I think those two factors are, are things that will honestly make, this, make the Steam Deck the, the next big thing. And people will honestly just fall in love with this. I, I, can, I know it's already selling out like crazy, but I do see this being like the Switch where it'll just keep growing. It'll just keep growing and it'll just keep selling and you'll, you'll just start seeing um, it sell out like in record numbers and everything like that. I think the main thing that Valve does need is some sort of exclusive thing and and valve obviously is is very much of 
no, we're not going to do that. You know, I mean, obviously if they release an exclusive, it'll be on the PC as well, which is perfectly fine. Like that's like a reasonable thing. And I think that's the only thing that will kind of maybe hinder it a little bit and maybe not allow it to get to that same switch level in a way. But I mean, there, as long as the game is an exclusive on the PC, right? That itself will be huge for the Steam Deck, even though it's not exclusive to the Valve, to, to Valve itself. As long as it's like exclusive to the PC platform, I think that that itself will go a long way, and I, I just I I can, I can easily see Valve maybe say, you know what we're gonna have there was Half Life Alex which was like the the VR version which was again open ended but again like it was best experience on on you know their own VR system I'm sure they can do something similar and say you know what here's another Half Life game that's only available on the Steam Deck. And it's also available on the PC, kind of like, like you know, just kind of keep that thing there, just being like, you know, you know, we're not going to like keep keep it like away from everyone. It will just be available on Steam, of course. So wherever Steam is accessible, you can get it. But I mean, that could be like a, a big thing of like, here you go, like on the Steam Deck, you have this game that is only available on our platform and it's made by us. And, you know, like they also have Campo Santo, the, the studio that made Firewatch, which is a really great game. I know they were working on a game um after that which like they they announced it but nothing happened and they started working on half-life alex so who knows maybe they're working on something on the side and that could be like the next uh, the big game that comes out on steam deck as well i just feel like they do need to do stuff like that just to kind of get people in there and say you know what like this is why i need to get steam deck on top of being able to play all these pc games so i'm kind of excited to see I, i myself i'm not getting a steam deck right now because i'm recording this on my gaming pc so i already have a gaming pc and like it just i just i already have my my xbox my playstation my nintendo switch and my nintendo wii u like there's just there's too many consoles not enough time to play all the games so like just having a steam deck will be great at some point maybe maybe like once i start traveling more often you know once things start selling down a bit more but at the moment they're just i just don't see the point but it'll be exciting so i wanted to quickly talk about gamescom and just some predictions i know that not all i mean sony hasn't really said anything if they're doing anything i don't think they are i'm not i could be wrong same with Nintendo, but I just want to like do some predictions in general. I know that Xbox has their conference ne- tomorrow and it's going to be them kind of covering games that are coming out this year. So we, I, I think this is what we'll definitely see Halo Infinite's release date. It's been way too long and we're already in August. Um, I think if it's supposed to come out this year, they need to announce it like now. Um, on top of that, I do feel that Xbox also has a couple of secrets above their, up their sleeves. I think that they are kind of hiding some stuff in terms of Game Pass, not not new games. It's not like they're going to be like, by the way, Fable is out this year, like not, nothing like that. Like, I, I think those games are still a ways away. I think it's going to be stuff like I, I, I'm just like guessing. I'm just predicting. I'm not I'm not not even a prediction. This is not a prediction. OK, cancel that. This is not a prediction. I'm just like kind of giving you an idea of what I mean. It's basically them, them coming out and saying, you know what? Uh, Battlefield 2042 is going to be on Game Pass. You know, something like of the, uh, like of that sort, basically like a huge game, huge, huge game or or kind of like huge ish game, right? Kind of like what we're seeing right now with Back for Blood or 12 Minutes, stuff like that. Like kind of those kinds of games that people might be interested in and they'll be like, oh, yeah, by the way, Game Pass Day One. So I do feel like that we might see something like that from Microsoft tomorrow. So I'm kind of excited about that. Um, other, other than that, I feel like, yeah, like Microsoft is just kind of waiting it out. They have a bunch of great games coming out, Psychonauts 2. Uh, 12 minutes already came out they have of course halo infinite and uh, forza horizon 5 coming out really soon so i think microsoft that way is like yeah we're good until january and then we'll figure out the rest after that point you know 
um sony i think does need to come out with something at this point I, I'm, I'm surprised that they haven't done a state of play but again everyone keeps buying it you all keep buying the console as soon as it goes on sale so like they're like yeah why do we need to do anything we don't need to say anything they just released ghost tsushima director's cut which i have been playing i'll talk about that in a in a second and they're going to be releasing the death Stranding's director's cut uh, which looks interesting they of course already released returnal they released patient all-star battle royale no that's not no that's not the one right what is that the one the derby one i feel like i'm mistaking the name but that the, the derby one right the one that was ps plus or whatever uh, which is not good but they released returnal that the the derby game and they also had ration clank which is you know one of my favorite games of all time right now so they they did already have like a bunch of games come out so i think for them it's like again we're selling out like crazy we already released a bunch of games are that are going to be considered uh, for game of the year they're like, why do we need to release anything? We'll just wait for God of War, Horizon, all this stuff to come out in 2022. Interesting thing is that they still haven't come out and actually said that Horizon is actually delayed, which is weird because all these reports and everything already came out. At that point, usually, usually Sony will come out or even any studio would come out and say, you know what? Yeah, like that's true. It is delayed. In this case, it's been a while since that news came out and Sony still hasn't come out to say that it's been delayed. So I wonder what that holdup is. Is it like on their side, they're saying that, you know what? No, we actually hit our milestone and we will release it. Is it them saying that, you know what? No, like let's come up with some good news to to like to the consumers and like let them know that, oh, by the way, this is gonna be happening. And sorry, on the side, Horizon will be delayed until next year. So I'm kind of interested to see how they will handle this because it, it is weird. It is weird that they haven't said anything. But I, I do I do wish that they I'm hoping that they release a state of play because like again Deathloop is coming out which is a, a year exclusive on on PlayStation which is great but again like it's not and cannot cannot bridge of spirits again another uh, console exclusive you know again looks great and everything like that but like I just wanted something that you know you will put against Halo Infinite and Forza Horizon Five which Sony doesn't have right now unfortunately um, the other one of course Nintendo Nintendo is I think I think they're done for the rest of the year. I don't think they're going to really do anything. They're like, yo, we have WarioWare. We have the new Mario Party. We have the new, we have Metroid De- Dread. We have um, the Shin Megami Tensei. So they're like, we have like these four exclusive games coming out to Nintendo Switch. We already had Moth Hunter Rise earlier this year. They're like, yep, yeah, no, we're, we're good. We're good for a little while. And of course they had the Zelda game as well, which is a remaster. But I think for a while, until next year, Nintendo's like, yeah, no, we're good. Until Breath of the Wild 2, this is, this is what you're going to get. And people will buy it. People will love it. Um, I'm interested in trying out Metroid Dread. Um, I do want to try to get into Metroid in general. I'm going to probably like bring that up on my Wii U and, and purchase a few things there and see how that goes. But otherwise, I'm excited for the new Super Mario Party because that's like my go-to game with a bunch of all my friends and everything like that. Uh, I'm interested in WarioWare. Uh, that's something that Safsil and I play quite a bit and we really enjoy it. So I, I don't know. I just feel like I just feel like Nintendo is just saying that, you know what? No, we don't need to really do anything. We don't need, we don't need to show anything to anyone because we're set for the rest of the year. We have games like Metroid Dread that people will love and buy. We have games like Super Mario Party that they also know people will buy. And they're like, yeah. And then we have Zelda coming out next year. So they're like, yep, we're good. We don't need to do anything. We have a new console coming out really soon as well, which is not really a new console. So I think Nintendo is just going to take a break. So I don't really expect them to to say anything. Um, one thing I'm, I'm pretty excited about is on Gamescom, they're predicting that Saints Row will will get reintroduced or, or like a reboot or something will happen Saints Row uh, related 
And I, I really love that game. I really love that series. And I was kind of disappointed after Saints Row 4, they just kind of stopped. They kind of did a couple things here and there, but they just kind of stopped. Uh, and I was like, I was like, okay, like maybe it didn't sell well or whatever. Because I know the whole THQ thing, all that stuff happened and all that. So I'm kind of excited that Saints Row is finally coming back. And, you know, it can be that GTA that's not GTA. You know, it's kind of kind of like that more ridiculous version of GTA, which is going to be so fun. So I'm excited to see if that actually happens, if that gets announced. And on top of that, just other third-party games that get announced on Gamescom. You know, we never know. We never know what's going to get announced. Uh, NetherRealm usually is pretty good when it comes to their games uh, and, and then releasing them on like a two-year schedule. So um, I think, I believe that... No, Mortal Kombat 11, did that come out in 2019 or 2020? I feel like Mortal Kombat 11 came out in 2020, right? It came out last year, I believe. I could be wrong, but I think it came out last year. And then it's been one year, and then usually they release a new game a year from now, right? And they already kind of said that Mortal Kombat 11 is not being supported anymore. Like, they're not adding anything new. So I can see them saying, you know what? Injustice 3 is coming out, or Mortal Kombat versus Marvel, or DC versus Marvel, whatever, like, their thing is, right? It's very possible that we might see or hear about that during Gamescom or video game awards like last time, but I, I do hope we hear something on Gamescom because that could be pretty interesting. So I'm kind of excited for Gamescom in general just because I feel like, you know, we haven't been getting a lot of news and E3 was okay, right? Like I, I, I just I just wasn't wowed by E3 this year. So I'm hoping that maybe Gamescom can get me a little excited that way. Um, I want to quickly actually talk about uh, my new OLED TV that I got. Um, again, like this is like a weird thing to bring up in, in, in this thing. Usually I don't, I don't really talk about, about that sort of stuff, but I just kind of wanted to bring it up because I know that was like a huge thing just kind of happening in general this year where people were buying PS5s and Xboxes and everything like that. And everyone was kind of talking about getting a new OLED TV, specifically the LG CX OLED TV last year or LG C1 OLED TV this year, which is just kind of like the, it's just kind of like, you know, iPhone 9, iPhone 10. It's the same TV just has like extra features here and there, basically the same thing. And like for me, my my other TV, I've, I, I was at a 4K TV. I've had a 4K TV for a while. I got it around 2017, around the time when I got my PS4 Pro because I was like, okay, now that, I have, now that I have a PS4 Pro, it makes sense for me to get a 4K TV. So I got the 4K TV and like, yeah, it was great, of course, and everything was really clear. It looked great. And that 4K TV what has been acting up is again, it's, I got it in 2017. Usually, like TVs last like six, seven, eight years, 10 years, even, but like, you know, like four years, it was okay. It like had a couple of issues, but it still works great. I had another TV, which was a 720p TV, which was in my bedroom. And that TV I've had since 2011. Now, that TV was having a lot of problems. And like it was, it was, it was a 720p TV as well. So it just kind of got to, got me to a point where I'm like, okay, that TV just needs to go. And I was like, okay, I, I can just get like a cheap TV, right? For like $300, $400, $500, whatever. And that can be like my my bedroom TV and outside TV will stay the same, the 4K TV that I have. And then I was like, you know what? I always wanted to get an OLED TV, right? Again, don't, don't do this if it's not in your budget, anything like that. It's not something that's actually needed. I can tell you that as someone who has a 4K TV and an OLED TV and has played on a 1440p monitor and a 1080p monitor, whatever it is, it's not something that you, like, it's not like, don't listen to some people who are like, oh my God, this is going to like blow your mind. You need this or whatever. No, you don't, you don't need this. Right. But in my case, I was like, you know what? Okay. I can get this OLED TV. Let me get that. It'll be cool. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll it'll be easier for me to just kind of move that 4K because I don't want to get rid of that 4K TV. I'm like, I'm going to put that in my room and a 720p TV can go in the garbage. And I got the, the OLED TV and like, yeah, like, I, I will say that the OLED OLED panel and everything like that does kind of do what they say, where the colors just look vibrant, right? As someone who has been, who has had a 4K TV 
since 2017 and a good one. I, it's a Sony Bravia. It's not like I got like a, a random one with no HDR or anything like that. It was a good brand and everything like that. Seeing that 4K and HDR and then seeing how clear that was and then just seeing the same resolution, same everything, just different panel, different technology inside, Dolby Vision, all that stuff. Again, like I didn't have Dolby Vision, all that stuff either. So there was like Dolby Vision, all that stuff, 120 frames per second as well with this. It was it was like I was surprised, right? Um, like for someone who who has a 4K TV and is worried that you might not see a difference when you get the LG C1 OLED TV, I will say that yeah, you will see a difference. Well, do you need this LG C1 OLED thing or like LG OLED or any OLED in general? No, 100% no. You definitely don't need this. You will still see amazing graphics, amazing clarity, stuff like that. This is this is purely like it's like the same thing that I would tell a lot of my friends when I got my PSVR. I'm like, this is not a must buy. This is like, yeah, you know what? I feel like getting this. I have the money. I'm it, it's within my budget. Fine, I'm gonna get the PSVR. Otherwise, no, this is not a must buy. It, it's the exact same thing. It's the same thing. I kind of talked about my whole Sonos setup. That's not a must buy. You can just get a great pair of headphones and that'll do the exact same thing. Same thing with this. If it's within your budget or if you're someone that was like me, right? This is, again, this is particular to me where you've had, you, you had one TV that was 10 years old and you've had the other TV for a while and it was kind of like acting up here and there and you're like, you know, okay, like it is, it is kind of getting weird. Like you can kind of, sometimes you get a feeling. Like I can feel like that my TV that I had, that my other older 4K TV, I can feel it that, yeah, you know what? It's on its last legs. Not that it'll die like within a year or two or something like that, but it's getting there. It's getting to a point where stuff is slowing down, apps shut down or, or apps like crash for whatever reason, like stuff like that. So it's not like that the TV will just not turn on. It's more of the software stuff. You're like, okay, stuff is happening with this. It's just getting worse and worse. So if you're in a position and you're like, you know what? Like, no, I've, I've not purchased a TV in four or five years, six years, whatever it is. And I'm looking at a new TV. I just got these new consoles. Definitely check out LG CX or C1 if it's within your budget or LG A1, which is actually a, again, they're OLED TVs, but it's a more budget-friendly version of these, of, of, the, of those TVs. And they do, they, they do a great job. Like you can look at the reviews. I'm not making this up. You can look at the reviews. There's actually very, very reasonable, reasonably priced OLED TVs out there as well that you can get. But I will say as someone who has experienced OLED, and like, again, I always bring this up because I know a lot of people kind of come up with this idea that, oh no, if you buy something, especially if it's something that's really expensive, you might not be honest about it because you're like, you know, it's kind of, I forgot, there's like a word, it's like a psychological word for it, but it's like, is it buyer's fallacy? Some of that, right? But whatever, buyer's remorse. No, 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 that's like you're feeling bad afterwards. But basically the idea is that, you know, like in my case, I know I spent a lot of money on this and I said this about the Xbox, I said this about the Series X and I don't know if I brought it about the Series X, but I said this about the Xbox and I'm saying about my TV, I always have like the 30 the day window for all these things where I can return it no questions asked, nothing like that. That's why I always purchase them from those kinds of vendors that give me that option so that I can actually test it out, see how it works. If it, I don't like it, I'll give it back and I'll get all my money back. And like usually, it, it's happened a couple of times where I have returned stuff, as I mentioned with Series S, for example. But like in this case, like I'm, I'm only like a couple of days into it. And so far I'm already, especially with Dolby Vision, I'm already seeing the difference. I'm already like, you know what? No, yeah, this... This is great. I, I I want it. This is like a TV that will last me for six, seven years, if if not longer, especially because 4K OLED seems to be the new standard because we're just getting to a point where 4K is becoming a thing. And I know people keep bringing up 8K and stuff like that, but 8K is, is just way too far away. It's kind of, it's going to be like maybe 
five, six years away from now when 8K becomes more prominent or just kind of becomes a thing in general. But like until then, right? It's like if you get a 4K OLED, you're you're set. Like four or five years for a TV's like lifespan is, is actually pretty good. So I know I'm, I've kind of gone overboard in terms or like just gone long in terms of my my timing today. So I do apologize for that. Um, I'll definitely talk about games I have been playing. I'll actually set up a separate um, episode where I want to talk about 12 minutes with Saf Sil because her and I, we both play that game in one sitting or a couple of sittings. Uh, and we have we have opinions, we have thoughts. So I'll definitely bring that up next time. So thanks so much everyone for joining. It really means a lot. I hope everyone has a wonderful week ahead. Please email me at, at amandamangames at gmail.com. That's amandamangames at gmail.com. And I will see you next time. Bye.